Welcome to the Dollars and Dumbbells podcast. I'm your host, Justin Green, a certified financial planner who specializes in helping fitness entrepreneurs and millennials grow their net worth. The goal is to bring you conversations with successful individuals in the fitness industry on how they navigated their journey to success. Justin Green is the founder and financial planner at AssistFP, a financial planning firm. All opinions expressed in this show are solely those of Justin and not reflective of AssistFP. This podcast should not be considered advice. It is solely for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. Please consult with your financial advisor, tax, legal, and any other advisor you have before making any decisions regarding your financial plan. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dollars and Dumbbells podcast. I'm your host, Justin Green. Today, I'm excited to bring you my guest, Dr. Jason Ranfelt. Dr. J is a retired chiropractor and now the founder of Perfect Fit Coaching. Welcome to the show, Dr. J. Hey, thanks a lot. I really appreciate you having me, Justin. Yeah, absolutely. Did I get that right? You're retired as a chiropractor, right? Yeah, I am. I sold my last practice last year, so um, did that. I've been coaching athletes for over 20 years, professional Olympic, and uh, so just decided to do that full-time and be able to hang out at home with family a little bit more. Very cool. I'm excited to kind of dive into all of that and the background there. Uh, I must admit, if I was uh, a patient walking into your office, I'd be scared as heck to let you be my chiropractor. (laughs) Do do you know how many times I hear that? (laughs) heard that a lot, man. And then they realize I'm this big teddy bear gentle giant. (laughs) That's funny. So let everyone know, where are you calling in from? So I'm in Davenport, Iowa, or Bettendorf, Iowa, I'm calling from. So, yep. Very cool. And then, did you work out today? I did work out this morning. What'd you uh, hit? Not much today. I did uh, a little bit of triceps, a little biceps today, and did a little treadmill hit. So, yep. Nice, nice, nice. Well, your biceps and triceps are bigger than most people's legs. Okay. So. <laughs> and I'm just coming back, man. I had COVID, long COVID, so I'm just coming oh, back. Oh, really? After a year off, yeah. I've only been back for a little over a month now. So. Oh, wow. Were you one of the, um, what do they call it? Like the, the, long, the long, long term? Yeah, long COVID, yep. Gotcha, yeah, I, gotcha. I got, yeah, it was horrible, man. I was in the hospital for a week and then oh, wow. uh, uh, kept getting symptoms, was at U of I for a while, and they finally said that I couldn't damage anything any more than it already was, so to go back and start working out, which I was dying for, Yeah. Um, but my breathing's still pretty crappy, and so, but I'm getting back into it. It's nice to touch the weights again and, and get back at it, so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know for me personally, it's all about mental clarity, you know, the weight room. That- <laughs> That's my release, yeah. So for a yeah. year, I've been out of my mind, man. So I, yeah, I totally, totally get it. For sure. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. Glad you're finally getting back after it. Um, so let's kind of dive in a little bit. So uh, tell me a little bit more about your background, kind of becoming a, a chiropractor, and then how did the transition happen from going uh, into like fitness coaching? Okay, so um, so graduated. Uh, well, I was University of Iowa. Russell at University of Iowa. And then um, kind of started doing some bodybuilding and, and loved working out myself. I've loved that my whole life. Uh, my dad was into it. And so just kind of picked it up in the basement uh, of our, our house. And then um, was honestly into cycling uh, when I was up till about 14 and had a pretty big, bad uh, wipeout and decided that, you know what, I should probably do normal kids sports. So at that time I was cycling for a junior Olympic team in Colorado and had a really bad accident. And so I started lifting weights and started playing football and wrestling and that kind of took off from there. And so, so when I graduated, uh, from grad school, I was going to go, 
the medical route and a friend of mine talked me into trying chiropractic and I just loved it. I loved what it was about. I didn't have to not see a patient for till when they got sick again. I actually got to be part of their wellness plan. And that was a huge plus to me because that's what I was all about anyway. And so uh, with my working out and nutrition background, I thought, you know what, this is perfect for me. So once I started doing that, then um, went to grad school. Once I graduated, I uh, was in a practice um, opened a second practice and then, uh, just kept growing and had a couple local athletes, um, that were trying to make it to the next level. And so honestly, the, one of the parents was a patient of mine and said, Hey, I know you work out. Would you help my kid? And so I said, you know, sure, let's, let's sit down and talk to him. And it just kind of kept going from there. So I ended up taking, uh, the three professional sports teams in towns that were minor leagues and, and took those over as a doctor. Well, then it turned into me doing their nutrition and sports training. And then a few of them went to the major league level and kept using me and then would pass my name around. And, uh, uh, and ended up, uh, which of course with non-disclosure agreements, I can't say exactly who they all are, but I've got quite a few, uh, NFL, MLB, uh, NHL, uh, quite a, I had five Olympic athletes in the last Olymp Summer Olympics, um, and I've got none this uh, the Winter Olympics by choice. But uh, so still, yeah. So it kind of took off from there. And then my my big thing was patients kept asking me, "Hey, can you help me with my stuff?" And um, I'm like, honestly, I started taking a couple on, but I didn't have time. You know, between three practices at that time bunch of associates and employees. I just, I didn't have the time and I wasn't going to do it and do it halfway. And so, um, when I got COVID, I was already starting to work on, on an app. And so I could help my patients and help other people. And, uh, after I got done with COVID, I said, you know what, it's time to, uh, it's time to get this thing rolling and, and get it going. And for me, the biggest thing was no matter what study you look at, you know, the lowest I think I've ever seen is 80% of our health costs and problems are from obesity and horrible nutrition choices. And so if we take 80% of those and say, if we could knock out 10% of that, the billions of dollars it would save. And not only that, the quality of life we would have. So for me, I said, you know what, the professional Olympic athletes are great, but I stopped accepting those and, and have a waiting list for those. And I said, I have to get this app out to people. And honestly, with all the negativity in the world, my, my plan is to change the world one person at a time, make them healthier, and they'll influence those around them. And uh, with the kid program that, you know, Tim talked to you about and we'll talk about today, uh, my whole plan with there was if I can get to the kids, we can get to the families. And if families get healthy, that's how kids, when they get older, then keep their family healthy too. And so it is really, it was really important to me to make it affordable, to make it uh, something the family could all do and actually make it fun and entertaining. And if we can do that, then I think, I think we can make the world a better place. I really do. I really do. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, that's a, that's a pretty cool story. Kind of uh, how you stumbled into it, start working with, I mean, world-class athletes really absolutely uh, yeah. on the side, but then also like, you know, understanding and realizing like, they need the help, but like, there's so many other people that need like more basic, like nutrition, fitness, just help. nutrition. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah I think, I think so. So one of the things I do with my app is, um, 
you can track your nutrition a couple different ways. You can track it through uh, uh, MyFitnessPal, which of mm-hmm. course uh, can, can connect right to my app so I can see what you're eating for your macros for the day. Mm-hmm. But most people will do that for a short time and then people just give up on it because it's a pain in the butt to enter your food. And, and quite honestly, about tw- you usually enter about 20% less than what you actually eat just because we underestimate what the amount mm-hmm. is. And so the other way I do it is by doing pictures. And so people mail me in their pictures and then I'll look at pictures of where they're eating and just kind of coach them on saying, Hey, it's cut down the carbs by doing this in this meal and maybe add a little protein by doing this and give them ideas that way. And what is, is, and I knew this from being a doctor and, and everything, but what blows my mind is what somebody perceives as a healthy meal they think is healthy, but they have no concept that it is complete garbage. And they're not trying to eat bad. They just don't know because we're yeah. never taught. So if you, so if you grew up in a household that eats nothing but fast food, you don't necessarily, and you have a small fry instead of a large fry, it's still a vegetable to you. And that sounds stupid, but, but it, people think of a fry as a vegetable in some cases. And if that's what you grew up with in your house, you don't know any different. You have no concept. And so I think the biggest, biggest thing we can get to is changing a household and just and teach them nutrition. I really think that's the key. No, absolutely. I can relate to this because I grew up as a teenager eating like, you know, like uh, corn dogs, Totino, pizza bites, bagel <laughs> bites, yep. um, like frozen food, any frozen food, you name yeah. it, fast food, 100%. But I was um, super skinny. Like, I, so it didn't matter what I ate, but um, reality was it was, I still wasn't healthy. You know what I mean? So I started, uh, getting into the weight room, like my senior year of Mm -hmm. high school. And then I kind of would start buying my own groceries and the chicken, the rice, you know, know, all that stuff. Uh, but it's something that I think about a lot, you know, I'm getting married this summer and we'll, we'll start Mm -hmm. having children after that. And so it's something I think Mm -hmm. about with that is like, I want to pass on those good habits. I want them to understand, uh, more about nutrition than I did. And I don't blame my parents because they didn't know either, right? It was just an they, education. They don't know. Yeah, yeah, they absolutely don't know. Yeah. So it's something yeah, I, I think about quite a bit. I want to pass that on and I can get a lot better too. Like my nutrition's yeah. not top notch by any but, means. But you, I think I think the I think part of the problem is though is that people think you're either have to be on task with the nutrition or you're crap. And that's not the case. McDonald's sometimes is okay. You know what I mean? Right. And I think if we teach if we teach people how to eat and how to monitor, if you have a bad day today, that's okay. Then make sure tomorrow's spot on. And then from then on, it's an 80, 20, 90, 10 type of split. And all of a sudden then things, things start to turn around. And you're not so bad. Hormone changes for women get, get better. You know, they don't go away, but they get better. Thyroid issues with, with men and women get better. Cancer rates go down. All of those things go down. It's not a cure. But boy, if you can even take that 80% and now 70% of our costs and our quality of life is from bad nutrition and bad exercise, that's a massive difference in, in lifestyle, you know, and if it just keeps getting better generation and generation, and then we have it. And, you know, the, the ADHD medications is another thing. I, I think those are necessary more now than when you and I were younger, mm-hmm. um, just because we don't know what it's like to stay focused on one activity for a period of time. We know TikTok, and I'm guilty of it myself, where you can flip through the screens two seconds at a time. So we've created our own ADHD. So I think medications are, are definitely necessary in some instances, but I don't think the other approach of exercise and nutrition is even, even broached in most cases. It's just automatically 
you go, yep, they have ADHD, so here's the medication. There's never a, this is the foods these kids can't eat, and here's why. And they need to get outside and move, <laughs> shoot some baskets or do something. And so I, I think, I know it's a huge goal, and I know I can't do it myself, but I guess I look at it if you put a bunch of perfect fit coaching clients out there that get healthy and you teach them and educate them, you don't just tell them what to do, you teach them why. I think if we get out there and spread that word more and more, then I, I think we start, then I think we have a chance, you know, there's yeah, so absolutely. much negative. So, so much negative in the world. I think if we just say, Hey, let's create some positivity in this thing. And that's and my TikTok channels are, are all that. And, and uh, uh, from what I've seen on your stuff too, it's the same, same thing. Let's, let's push, push the good things. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to your point about like, you can't do it alone, but like, you know, each family. So I heard this once before, and I don't remember who it was from. Uh, but basically, every person you help uh, get better with their nutrition, fitness, whatever, that, that's going to not only impact them, it's going to impact like 10 people around them, right? Because yep, other people see those habits. And at first, they might shame it or whatever, or, or mm -hmm. ignore it. But after a while, you see someone uh, practicing good habits and you see the results, then you start yeah. to want to do it too, right? So you can change yeah. you can change a whole family and generations just by helping one person. 100%. I mean, I, you know, you can call them perfect fit coaching warriors and call them whatever you want. But the whole point is, 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 man, if we can create a family going outside, even to play, even to play bags or horseshoes after supper, rather than going and sit on the couch... And instead of having um, two pieces of pie for dessert, you have one. And instead of putting a bunch of uh, groupy cheese on your on your beans, you just put a little bit on. I mean, that that alone, those differences just change that family's life if they do that consistently. I mean, it doesn't need to be much. That's the thing is everybody thinks it's got to be this massive, drastic change, but it really doesn't. It's just these little things at a time that start to change, like you said, after generation. And, and you're right that I don't know who said that either, but I've heard the same thing with it. One person influenced those 10 around them. Those people influence 10 and you just keep going out and out and out. And the negativity that is in this world, there's no better time to do this stuff than now. Cause there's, there's so much negative. We got to push some of that out and get the positive back in. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit more about the app that um, is fully launched now, you said? Yep. Yeah. Tell so me, it's, Tell me more uh, about it, that. Is that something like self-developed or did you uh, piggyback so off I, of like a Trainerize or an Everfit or something like that? Yep. So Trainerize helped me build the program gotcha. and then we added some stuff off of there. And so right now um, I'm working with a, another company to take the Trainerize portion of it and put it into an app where you can actually find on the app store. So now it's invitation only. And I've kind of kept it that way because my concern is it was going to get used the wrong way. If you're not taught how to use the app. Mm -hmm. um, and so the app does everything. I, I've got all the videos on there for all the exercises. Every, every patient or every client, I should say, um, gets a custom program. So there's no cookie cutter program. Um, every person so when they they come to me they fill out an uh, uh, application then they fill out all the health, health problems they have if they have any or anything or what equipment they have and then i build a program based on that for them if it's a family then i still will build the the program for the family but i'll make the exercises so that the family can do them together so each person will still have a custom program but you know bicep curls may be um, maybe a little different for a 
six-year-old kid and maybe they're doing push-ups instead of bicep curls or, or whatever but um, kids should be exercising doing weights too and I'm, I've always been a big fan of that too if you do weights the right way I think a kid as long as they can control them and they're being watched any kid can do weights I don't think it needs to be an age thing so um, so the app itself does nutrition um, does uh, all your workouts, monitors all your workout, your cardio, and then, uh, like I said, your food, a couple different options that way. So, Gotcha. Cool. So perfect. So I want to dive into kind of the coaching business a little bit more. Um, yeah. So I actually, the way I uh, was introduced to you, um, a friend of mine, Maggie Glockengay, she, mm-hmm. I think, knows Tim. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Tim... I think you're was, right. Yeah, was telling... I think... There, yeah, there's a connection there, and so um, I think it's his Tim, sister-in-law. Yeah. So, does I, do you work with Tim's children as well? So or yeah. So so Tim's Tim's kids, I work with. Started out working with his daughter, and now their whole family uses yeah. my stuff. Okay. And then Tim is at the school my kids go to. Okay. And so that's where we kind of start introducing the the kids class program. So that's how. Yeah. Tim does some of my video stuff too. So yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So she was telling me about the youth program and how you were offering uh, coaching at like really affordable rates and and that they were customized programs. So let's dive into a little bit more of that. And then I also was curious. So do you have like a physical gym as well? It looked like maybe you did, but I wasn't sure. So so I did next to my clinic. And then when I got rid of my clinic, uh, everything, we moved into a new house uh, in June. So I've got a whole gym in the basement uh, gotcha. as well. So I'll do some videos from there and stuff. But um, no, like yeah, in person so training. That. Nope, no. Nope. Gotcha. I always wanted to do it online. I just felt like in person you just can't you can't influence near as many people because you just Absolutely. don't have the time of the day to do it. So yep. yeah, and 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 with COVID, I just was not going to put myself through that again after I went through it one time. So understandable. Um, so the so the kids program. I really for years have wanted to try to figure out how to get kids into it. And so what happened was I was coaching um, Trinity, the school where the kids go, have a flag football program. And so I was an assistant coach for the last few years. And this year, the guy that had head coach, a friend of mine, couldn't do it because he was moving jobs. He was going to just kind of help me. And so they asked, you want a head coach? And I'm like, sure. Okay. Well, I introduced a ton more uh, uh calisthenics, workout stuff, strength stuff, things like that into the program and thinking the kids are going to hate it, of course, because, you know, when you and I played sports, uh, those two a days weren't always fun, but I still, I did enjoy them, but most people didn't. And the kids loved it. The kids absolutely loved it. And so as I got towards the end of the season, they're like, can we do more of that? Or can we do something after the season? So I'm like, so I went to Tim and I said, would you be opposed to start a program where we do something with the kids after school, we'll do basic calisthenics, body weight stuff, um, some other things. And he said, I think it's a great idea. And the school thought it was a great idea. So it's turned into a huge thing where there's 40, 50 kids, uh, two classes a week we do. Um, I only charge 30 bucks for all that time. And then not only do we do fitness for it, but the biggest thing for me is, is I do with all my pro athletes is you have to have the mental approach as well. So I do some sports psychology with them. And a lot of times we'll do books, we'll do books together. And so we'll grow that way. So with kids, I do the same. I teach a life lesson every, every class. So we started out for one, just making your bed, making your area around you, clean it up and pick it up before you start the day. And when you end the day, so just those little life skills that you're going to need as you go on anyway and, and stuff like that. So, yeah. 
Gotcha. No, that's cool. When I was in high school, I was I played basketball, and that was one thing I kind of wish we had done more was we didn't we didn't really hit the weights. Uh, it mm-hmm. was never really emphasized <clears throat> in our program. I mean, it's a small town, uh, upstate New York school, but um, yeah. my buddy is now like the assistant coach. He was on the team with me, and he still lives there. And cool. I see how they incorporate weight training a lot more, yeah. and I'm, I'm glad mm-hmm. they do because that's one thing I always wish. I would have been introduced to more in that setting than than I ever mm-hmm. was. Um, not sure it would have made me much better at basketball, but you know you can't solve that problem. <laughs> but you would have had a lesson. You would have had a life lesson because you were, you know, um, you know. One thing I, that's what I think with team sports is you just you know that from sport. Even if you're not good at the team sport, there's so many lessons that you learn through being on a team, and For so sure. that's what I wanted to do with this with the kids class was I didn't want to just make it a class that was just, we do a bunch of exercise and it's not fun. So every class we do different workouts. So it's never the same. And then we do that life lesson, but every class I always make sure I go and talk to each kid, even if it's for 15 seconds. And if they have a problem, I always keep them after, after class and we sit down and talk about it. And usually it's not anything big, but I think the kids just need to feel that somebody always has their back. And it's not just mom and dad, but there's a team around them to protect them and take care of them. And so if somebody's having a bad time, I will always rally the group around them and and make it like a team because some of those kids don't have organized sports. And so that's one of the things I wanted to create with the class was if these kids don't have an organized sport, I want this to be their organized sport where they get to feel that and, and get to feel that camaraderie and learn those life lessons, you know? Absolutely. So with the, the coaching business, like, so what's the end goal? Like how many how many people do you think you can serve? And I wonder, do you do you think you're able to offer it at such a, a affordable price, uh, kind of because you're a successful chiropractor business, or uh, do you think other coaches could do that without that background? Or well, here's what I think. I think if you're in it for the right reason, this is what I've always told my parents beat this into me. My dad was an executive for John Deere and, and we own some businesses as well, small businesses. And I was always taught when I grew up and even when in college and when I read success books or go to lectures that if you do what you do well and love what you do and do it for the right reason, the money and all of that will follow. And that's always been the way I was in my chiropractic business too. Um, I don't think you need to give your services away because I think there's too much of that. Mm-hmm. But I also think you need to open yourself up to not, not being afraid to put the work in. And right now, I'm working my butt off. In fact, Tim, the reason Tim and I started talking was he loves to do a lot of video and media stuff. And okay. so I was finding as I was growing, I had no time to get stuff out. And as, as you know, if you don't aren't consistent with it, it's just like training. If you're not consistent with it, it's not going to happen. Yep. And so he loves it. And so he wanted to start doing some of that. And uh, so with me helping out Gabby, he was doing some of that for me. And so it was just kind of a, I don't know how far I can go with it. I know I'm getting more streamlined as I go. And what I'm hoping is I can keep streamlining and offloading stuff that um, I don't need to be doing tech stuff and things like that. So I can spend more time with athletes and I'm hoping I can continue to grow that. And maybe at some point hire some coaches Mm-hmm. Um, but right now I love, I love to talk to the kids. Every client I have, I talk to at least once a week and sometimes it's just leaving a message after reviewing their file. Um, but I, I just want to keep it growing. And I, I, uh, I, I think I know in my businesses, I grew it 
every level you hit, you have, you have different problems to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you put systems in place for that first growth part. And then the next growth part, you're like, okay, we have to fix these systems are great, but they aren't going to work now. And so I've kind of done that as we've grown and we kind of set some goals with Tim um, to get to by, you know, the summer and August. And we're, we're ahead of those goals. And I, I wish I could have every family in the quad cities, you know, doing, doing workouts. And I've tried to come up with some different family plans and those seem to be working well, but I need to watch again. I need to make it doable for myself as well, but I Uh I'll keep going until I can't go. And if we have to hire another coach, then I'll still oversee that coach. I don't, I don't ever see myself getting out of dealing with the athletes. And that was the way like my chiropractic business, as you grew there, a lot of times chiropractors take themselves out of it and just manage it. And I never took myself away from patient care. I'm like, that's, that's what I went to school for, you know, was patient care and dealing with patients. And so I saw fewer days of patients, but I still saw a heavy load of patients because that's just what I loved. And in this case too, I, I don't want to stop seeing clients. I love talking to the clients and I love helping them work through their problems, whether it be, I don't have time or whether it be, how do I prep food and I don't have time or I don't have money you know, all of those different things. And so I think um, that's where I think my 20 plus years of doing it, I can say, let's try this, you know, cause I've, I've been the broke college student uh, trying to figure out how to, how to figure out meals and, and eat healthy. And, and like you said, you know, buying your own food, you know, Flex Wheeler, I think somebody was buying his food when he started training cause they saw potential in him. So mm-hmm. they would buy his cans of tuna and cans of, and bags of rice for him every single week. And that's literally what he lived off of was tuna and rice. And um, so I, I think there's ways to do it no matter what. I just want to hope, hope I can keep influencing more and more people. So, No, absolutely. I think that's awesome. Um, I'm curious. So with a lot of the families you're attracting, are they, do even though you're working with them virtually and online, do they tend to be more local or? I've got people all over the world right now. Um, okay. And I'm starting to get more and more. Uh, so when I first started, to be honest with you, I started putting my name out there. I started getting people from Europe. South Africa. Um, I don't know how that happened, but that's how I started. I started getting those people. And so finally I had to figure out and revamp my, my stuff putting out because I'm like, okay, I need to get state people first and then, then branch (laughs) out. And so I do have with Trinity, I have a lot of local that way, Mm -hmm. but I have people from all over the country and still someone from all over the world now. So I'm trying to focus more on us than I am globally. I don't want to get rid of those clients, but I need to focus on us first before we go to that next step. So it's, it's insane how technology can, can take you anywhere you want to run your business. And, you know, Absolutely. It's, it's crazy. Insane. And as long as they, as long as there's not like a language barrier, you really can yep. work with anyone in the world in this sense, right? Like yeah. for me, like as a financial planner, I can only work with online coaches in the States cause I don't have, I yep. don't have I don't even know the rules for working in foreign countries, but I also yeah, don't have an absolutely. understanding of their financial systems, et cetera. Absolutely. Right. So I'm yeah. so bound, but then it's so interesting when I'm talking to coaches, like they have uh, clients in England, Australia, like sometimes mm-hmm. like they're like they, and they can, as long as there's no language barrier. Yep. Um, and I guess maybe you could even get past a language barrier, but I feel like that's the, that would be the biggest hurdle because yeah. you know, technology nowadays doesn't really prevent you know, you from working with people, uh, in other countries. So I am curious, how do, um, 
so how do people find you outside of like the your local community? So I, I saw you're on TikTok. Yep, face. Uh, I just started TikTok, and that's done well. I'm, I think I'm over two, almost three thousand now. So that started to kind of take off. Uh, that's been a challenge because you're trying to figure out what people like, what do they want? Yeah. You know, I've got all this knowledge in my head, but if nobody watches it for two seconds, more than two seconds, how do I get their attention and hold them for more than two seconds? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so I've done some funny wacky videos and Teddy, our dog's been in a couple of videos. Um, um, so TikTok is one way and I'm trying to do some health tidbits and perfect fit coaching. The thing I always wanted to do and I wanted it to be associated with was, if you went to the app, there was always something positive on there that day. So I try to send positive quotes out to clients every day or, you know, um, had a patient today that finally lost half the weight they're trying to lose. And so sent out a really cool note to them. So whenever you open that app, I want it to be a positive experience. So whenever you open the my personal Facebook page, I want it to be the same thing, whether it's a positive quote on there or a fun picture of our dog running around playing in the snow. Um, same thing with TikTok. It's always been health tidbits or positive quotes and how you can incorporate those into life. So TikTok, uh, same thing with um, uh, Instagram, same thing. So it's always been, I want perfect fit coaching to be associated with positive in the world. And and um, that's even a value, in my opinion, it's kind of evolved even more as I've gotten into it because, you know, our last with COVID and then all the political crap going on in our country and in the world, I just said, okay, we got to make it a positive deal because people are just not only health and fitness, but mental health and fitness. I mean, mental is terrifying right now. And um, so I think exercise is a big part of that. It's been proven that, but we got to get people to us so we can help them with that first, you know? So yeah, so all of those social media stuff and then word of mouth is always, as you know, word of mouth is the best best thing in the world. So, Absolutely. Yeah, no, and then obviously working with world-class athletes, you do a good job with them, yep. you know, that yep. starts to spread it pretty quickly. It is. You know, sometimes, though, it's been interesting with that because you would think, like with my resume, for example, and the athletes I've worked with and, and being a Team USA doctor and all that, um, you would think that actually would – make people just be automatically like, well, why would I go somewhere else and not go to this guy? But it almost intimidates people because they think, mm. oh my God, I, I'm not to that quality. There's no way in heck I want to do these work. So, so yeah. some of it I found that I've actually had to taper it down a little bit and use that in my resume, but not emphasize it with people. So I attract the people because the people I, I'll take anybody, but the people I really want are the people that have no clue where to start. That's who needs the help. And so to attract them, it's almost dissuades them when they see professional Olympic athletes are like, yeah. oh, crap, I don't want, I don't want this guy beating me down. You know, <laughs> you know, that's an interesting perspective I hadn't thought of, but it, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, if, yeah. if I was, uh, someone who has never worked out or like very beginner phase, there's a definitely a sense of t- intimidation there. If they go and see, Hey, yeah. I work with world-class athletes, Olympians, professional yeah. athletes, it's like, yeah. Yep. Next. <laughs> like, yeah, he's, yeah. They he's don't, not going to relate time. to me. Yeah. 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 And he, and he doesn't have time for me. He's not going to take time to coach me and stuff. So I think testimonials have been good. Tim and I kind of discovered that was having people just, you know, give quote testimonials or anything to make it more realistic for people. I think testimonials are always good, but I think honestly to tame down my, uh, my background a little bit, testimonials have been, I think, huge for us because because it just makes it more relatable for them. 
Yeah, and I noticed on your website you emphasize working with like I think it was middle aged. Um, yeah. With maybe injuries, I think is how yep, you yep. said it. So injure injuries, sports injuries, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, which... uh, it makes it a little bit more different that way too. And so, and I didn't put like my bodybuilding pictures up or anything like that because people get, like you said, get intimidated with size too. They're like, I don't want to be that big. Well, you don't have to be that big just because you're just because you work thing, out with me. So that was the first thing I thought when I when I came across <laughs> your website. I said, Holy smokes, look at his yeah. arm. <laughs> I got the same thing when we did some T V interviews when I was with T V S A and they're like, Oh man, I don't know if I want you adjusting me. I'm like, I promise I'm soft, super soft. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. Did you, so? Do you uh, did you ever do like bodybuilding competitions too? Is that where you're? I did. So I did the Mister Iowa a few years, and uh, okay. I was would love to do it again, but uh, it is hard, man. Uh, yeah, it is hard on your family. It's hard on yourself, and uh, it is a very selfish sport. Probably the most selfish mm-hmm. sport I've ever done in my life. It's uh, you're not fun to be around for the last twelve weeks before a contest, and. Uh, you literally have to social eat because you can't go out with anybody because you have to eat right. so specific in your foods and your training literally is your life. I mean, it, it has to be if you want to be good, you know? So, um, I will always train cause I love it. Just like what, you know, you talked about, that's my mental release. And I honestly mm-hmm. get a ton of my thoughts and work done when I'm doing that. Cause I can think a lot more clear. Um, but I, I, I know I won't compete anymore. I'm done with that phase of my life. And they COVID pretty much told me that no matter what God said, you are done, my friend. Yeah, no, <laughs> slow, absolutely. slow the heck down. So it takes a toll on your body. I've never competed. I've never had a, a desire to do like the dieting and cutting that comes yeah. before competition, to be honest. It's, it's uh, hard, I love man. the training part, but like <clears throat> I have friends who compete. I know a lot of people who've competed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you know, they're always like, you should, you know, I've, I have one buddy who's always like, you should compete. And I'm like, dude, I have no desire to do that. Like no. I wouldn't mind looking good and shredded for about three days, but then, then yeah. I would look in the mirror and be like, God, I'm too skinny. So it's yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like it's I don't true. even know if I could stick to a, a, a cut like that because I've, you know, I, I go so back and forth on how I look anyways that I'm like, yeah. I don't even know if I could stick to a 12 week cut. I'd probably bail, you know, three weeks in and be like, no, nah, I need to well, gain weight. Yeah. I need to get, yeah. Well, you know, you go through that, uh, that body dysmorphia, which is actually yeah. now it listed as a psychological disease. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It used to be called body dysmorphia, but never really had a diagnosis code. Well, it's officially got the code now. And, um, you go through that. Oh, it's horrible. That's probably the worst part of dieting down is, you know, you go from, so my off season would be 315, 320 and, and still pretty, I mean, still able to see abs to competing at 250, 255. And all you can think of is you're small, but when you realistically think about it, you're 255 pounds and you're less than 5% body fat. You're not small, but <laughs> from all you've seen, all you do is shrink down and you're like, Oh my gosh, it's a, it's uh it is amazing how it plays with your mind. It just plays with your mind like no other sport. Wrestling is tough, but bodybuilding is by far the hardest sport I've ever done. I've seen it have. I've seen some people. It has a lasting impact to that body dysmorphia. It does. Like I've seen that. Yeah. I've seen it really impact a couple individuals I know. Like, yeah, they're like they're years years after competing and they're still mm-hmm. like 
anorexic. They're messed it's, up. It's, yeah, yeah no, it's, it's very like evident that um, yeah. that there's an eating disorder present. Yeah, um, I've seen that with a couple of people I knew in high school that ended up competing, and then you know I would just like stumble across their pictures like you know ten years later, and I'm like, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, so it's, that, it's crazy. It really yeah. is. So I know uh, here's it's a dangerous sport. Here, here's an interesting, uh, you know, then you add the drugs in course to it now, which the pros are, it's, it's crazy seeing how the amounts they've gotten into, but, uh, here's an interesting fact. So what of all the Olympic sports, what do you think is the highest sport with the highest eating disorders in Olympic sports? I would guess gymnastics. Okay, that's that's close. That's that's uh, that's top two. The top one is actually synchronized swimming because you're actually in the yeah. pool all day. So they're in the pool six to eight hours a day, and so they're literally eating when they just come over to the side to grab something to eat and go back out. So they literally can't get enough calories in. So they're not always they're not always forced eating disorders where they're trying to create them. But there's synchronized swimming is horrible. You know, running of course is not great either for females. Uh, males some but females and running is another one but yeah synchronized swimming is the one that you have to work with the most as far as eating dysfunction and disorders go well, i it's think phelps, phelps said when he was training i mean he'd have to get like ten thousand calories a day from all the work he's yeah. doing in the pool yeah and that's and that's Which, probably if you're eating clean on. that's a lot of calories it's insane like, yeah I, if it's i'm a, eating like insane. really clean like three thousands like a struggle for me in a day i can't imagine even if 10, even if you're eating crap 10,000 calories is a yeah. lot of food, man. I mean, you're talking four or five large pizzas in a day if you're eating yeah, crap. Yeah. You know, it's, I actually have a buddy insane. who did uh, he did a 10,000 calorie challenge one day, recorded yeah. it, and yeah. he failed to do it. And I made fun of him, so he said, I have to do it too. So we'll see. <laughs> well, I, I um, so on my bulking, I would be between seven and eight a day of clean food. And when you would do leg days, you felt like you were going to have like quadruplets, man. By the end of the day, you'd be doing leg press and you'd look down and your gut's just sticking out there. And you're not fat. You just yeah. have so much food in you because you literally are eating all day, man. It is, you know, people are like, well, it's great bodybuilding is. You get to eat all this food. No, man, it's clean food. It sucks. And then, like, <laughs> it is another the real job. serious bodybuilders. Like, I, I was watching a documentary with Jake Cutler one day. And he'd yeah. have to like wake up at like 3 a.m., eat, and then go back yep. to bed. So yep. it, like even he was he was even saying like bodybuilding is exhausting. Like it is like yep. eating for him. There's no joy in eating anymore be, no, when was he was not, competing it was because it was a yeah. job. He's like when you have to set an alarm at 3 a.m. to get up and eat, yep. that's a job. Like, yeah, I had, you know. I had a, a college fridge next to our bed with uh, three protein shakes in it to have right when I went to bed, middle of the night, and right when I woke up. Wow. And it just, yeah, you, you can only do it for so long before you're like, man, this it's, it's not it's not even a challenge. It's not fun anymore. It's just not, it's not cool at all. So yeah, that's crazy. All right. So rounding out the conversation, what's what's uh, ahead for 2022 and, and uh, in the coaching biz? So my plan is to continue to grow the family portion of it. When I first started the coaching, I knew I wanted to help families and kids. I just wasn't sure how I was going to do it. And the classes at Trinity really helped me kind of hone that in a little bit. So I want to do a little bit more work. In fact, I just talked to a teacher today about it, uh, doing some work with exercise and helping academics and helping ADHD. 
and doing that like before school and then doing the hardest subjects before school. There was a book called Spark that talked about that. They did it in Naperville, Illinois, where they did awesome research on it. Well, I want to take it to another another level and actually really focus it on the kids that are having problems with learning. And I know like when I was in college, I don't know about you, but when I was in grad school, I did all my studying like before a test on an elliptical machine. And just, I just remembered better. And I've heard the same thing from other athletes over the years and whatever. So I want to do that same thing now with kids and do it before school, hit the hardest subject first and see if we can affect test numbers and in effect, uh, focus on, on kids. So that's one thing we're going to do this year. That's cool. And then I'm just going to keep, keep expanding it out as we go and keep, uh, keep growing into families and keep finding ways to reach more families. That's honestly probably my biggest problem right now is how do you reach families there's so much junk on the internet and so many coaches that call themselves health coaches that have no background whatsoever, or they have a certificate that they got on the internet from 30 minutes of, uh, uh, you know, taking a course. And, um, it's okay if they're doing it for the right reasons, they're doing it for the long term. But, um, you have to put yourself in somebody's house essentially with a video and say, listen, I'm not, I'm not fly by night. I've done this 20 plus years. What can I answer to make you not skeptical to do something with your health for your family and trying to find ways to get to them is honestly our biggest battle right now. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, excuse me. So, uh, I'm curious, you mentioned kind of bringing leadership, uh, to the students as well. So like, what's the number Mm -hmm. one book? You you talked about reading. What's the number one book you recommend for? Yeah, I don't have it here because it's actually uh, yeah, it's on my uh, it's on my uh, dining room table because my kids and I are just reading it now. It's called Warrior Kids by Jocko Lowlink. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I love Jocko. Read his stuff. I didn't know. Oh, he's yeah. freaking awesome stuff. He's got a series of four kids books. I didn't know and, that. Uh, they are absolutely awesome. And so some so they go to about age 10, 11, most of them. But even the older kids, like I've read it, I gained leadership stuff from it. It gives you another perspective. And so I've read it a couple of times. And now uh, every night, uh, my kids and I will read a chapter of it and then discuss it. And then I'm going to start taking principles out of that. So the parents um, have started, started to read that at home. And then we'll talk about that at class and the principles from that. It talks about bullying, talks about how to get goals. Um, it, it's, they're, they're amazing books. You should seriously read them. They're, they're great. I'll we can talk about out. it on here sometime because it's really it's really a good series. No, I'll check that out. I love Jocko. I love his extreme ownership. Yeah. I read the yeah. um, excellent book. The book that came out after that was Leadership Strategies and Tactics. I forget yep. the exact title. Uh, so big Jocko fan. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. That's interesting. Great, great, great stuff. But yeah, his kids' books, his adult books are phenomenal. I've read those. Yeah. That's what kind of got me turned on. And then the kids' stuff is 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 just as good, and it does it from such a cool perspective. So. Uh, well, you're going to have up. kids soon, so you should check them out. Yeah, know? no, I, I absolutely will. <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah, that's, a, that's right. a, always a struggle, right? It's like, yeah. how do I pass on like good habits, yeah, traits, leadership to children, right? That's that's always yeah. a big fear of mine. So, With, um, Without forcing it, because you know, right. if you force it, they're going to hate you for it. So you right, don't want to exactly. force it. So, yeah. Cool. Yep. All right, final question I hit everyone with. If you could go back in mm-hmm. time a year ago today and see where you're at now, what would surprise you the most and why? Uh, a year ago today, I was not that long out of the hospital from COVID. And quite honestly, I did not think I was going to make it out of the hospital. I really didn't. Uh, I was figuring out how to do videos for my kids, my friends, my family, because they couldn't go and see me. Mm-hmm. And um, so honestly, a year ago, uh, this was my plan. And I was trying to work on it in the hospital with oxygen. 
Um, but I honestly didn't think I'd be this far along. I wanted to be, but I didn't know that I would be. So I'm grateful for everything that, uh, the people around me have given me, um, the perseverance my family's given me, my friends have given me. And quite honestly, everyone, my clients has been such an inspiration that they have really made me heal faster than I ever thought I would. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I did not think I'd be here. I figured I'd still be, uh, honestly, I thought I'd be on oxygen for the rest of my life. So I thought I'd have tubes sticking on my nose talking to you. So yeah, so it's a very, very cool process that I'm not. So yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, my, my fiance is a travel nurse. So I've, I've heard a lot of stories. She's, yeah, she's been interacting with, uh, she's in ICU. So she's been dealing with COVID patients for, since day one. So, um, you know, I've heard the stories and, and I know how it can impact people. So I'm glad that you've, uh, you've made a, a recovery and, uh, it sounds like the, the world's a better place having you in it. So glad that Appreciate you were that. able to kind of overcome that challenge. And, uh, I'm excited to watch you continue building the coaching business and helping families kind of change those habits for themselves and generations to come. Let everyone know where they can find you online. So you can either go, my personal Facebook page is Jason Lee Ranfelt. Um, we have a perfect fit with Dr. J on YouTube and at perfect fit Dr. J on uh, TikTok. And uh, I message me, um, you can email me at drranfeld at iCloud.com or message me through any of those, uh, any of those portals I just told you. I take those messages myself and I will answer them myself. It's not a bot, I promise. It's me. <laughs> So thank you very much. I appreciate that. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. You bet. Have a great day. If you found this episode helpful or simply entertaining, please subscribe and leave a review. This is the best way to share the show with as many online fitness coaches as possible. Also, each week I send out The Assist, which is the number one financial newsletter for online fitness coaches and fitness entrepreneurs. To sign up, go to assistfp.com forward slash the dash assist, or simply go to the link in my Instagram bio. Until next time, keep growing, my friends.